You're listening to A Journey with Chris and American English. Before we get on to the actual topic of the day, I want to announce a couple of things. If you're not interested in the announcement, please skip ahead a minute or so. I have noticed over the past couple of weeks that the episodes that tend to focus more on language tips seem to be very popular. I will therefore be changing up my format somewhat. To be able to better present language-related topics concerning the U.S. and language tips in general, I will be splitting them. The more topic-oriented episodes will appear every Monday, while the more language-tip-oriented episodes will appear every weekday. The major episodes will be around 10 minutes long, while the language tip episodes will be more than half of that, so between 2 to 5 minutes. If a certain tip episode is very popular in the week in which it appeared, then I will discuss that more in depth in the following week's episode. So, hello and welcome to the ninth episode of my podcast, The U.S. and Multilingualism. In this week's episode, I want to talk about multilingualism in the U.S., the languages that I personally speak, and how I go about maintaining those languages. The purpose of this episode is to give you a better understanding of my linguistic background and my current linguistic situation. Also, I hope that if our situations are similar, then it might be of personal use to you. With that being said, let's begin. The U.S. and Multilingualism The U.S. is considered to be the melting pot of the world. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this expression, it basically means that the U.S. is composed of various ethnicities, races, languages, cultures, etc. The melting refers to all of these cultures coming together in order to form one homogenous culture, the U.S. culture. This has its upsides and downsides. On the one hand, it allows you to have contact with other cultures that you would have normally not been exposed to. On the other hand, it initiates a forced cultural assimilation. So what does that mean? The most intricate parts of other cultures are lost, and one culture arises from the many. Does this mean that there are no other languages spoken in the U.S.? No, of course not. That would be ridiculous. But they are in the minority. You might have heard of things like Chinatown or Little Italy. These are ethnic enclaves that have fought for their cultural and linguistic heritage. While they have succeeded in those endeavors, they continue to face an uphill battle. I think that the U.S. being a melting pot is one of the most beautiful things about the U.S., but it also makes me the saddest as well. I think that, like a lot of U.S. citizens, this is one of the reasons why I was never really exposed to anything other than the U.S. culture or American English. Sure, Spanish was omnipresent, but could be easily escaped at the same time. They also spoke English, and so there was never really an incentive to learn anything other than English. This all changed for me when I went to high school. As is normal in the U.S., I had to take a foreign language. My choices were Spanish, French, or German. I declined Spanish because it seemed to be too boring due to it being prevalent throughout the U.S. French? Well, I first rejected that because I thought it was too feminine. 
a sentiment that I now find to be very funny when I look back on it. So the only thing that was left over was German. And I was left with a language that was, for all intents and purposes, utterly and completely useless. Except that it was not at all, as fate would have it. The languages I speak. Please do not think that this is just a chance for me to brag about my linguistic prowess. It is simply to show that it is possible to speak more than one language. I want nothing more than to motivate you to speak another language as well. With that out of the way, let me introduce you to the languages that I speak. English is my mother language, my mother tongue. It is the language that I feel the most comfortable using. However, since I am no longer surrounded by other native speakers, I do my best to constantly surround myself with English. I read English books, listen to English podcasts, watch English YouTube videos, and so on. Now, you might think that the idea of forgetting your first language is impossible, but consider this. On a long enough timeline, assuming that you never use a certain ability, it would be even possible to forget your own name, would it? Therefore, I do my best to use English when and whenever I can. Next up is German. I've been speaking this language for almost 15 years now. I would not say that it is like my native language, but I do feel very comfortable in it. I'm constantly surrounded by this language. My wife, my wife's family, my cats, my friends, etc. speak to me in German. So I get a lot of practice in it as well. I've done a lot of professional schooling using this language and doing scientific work is also no problem. French comes in at third. Now, I have formally studied this language at the university. However, I do not always feel comfortable using this language because I never get a lot of real practice. I do my best to consume French media, but it is not always easy. I am also somewhat of a shy person, and talking to strangers is not something that I enjoy doing. However, I know that if I want to get better, I have to push myself. I hope that I will be able to go to France again in order to practice my French. I do have a couple of French friends, though, who help me. Last up is Japanese. This is the first non-Indo-European language that I have learned to any level of proficiency. I would classify myself as an upper beginner, able to hold simple conversations, provided that they are not too fast. I consume a lot of Japanese media, and I have a few Japanese friends. Still, it will take me a while to achieve anything close to fluency. Language maintenance. So, what was the common thing among all of my languages? I practice, practice, and practice. They say that practice makes perfect, but I'm not sure if that is necessarily true, and I don't really like the word perfect. I think that practice solidifies what we know, just like sleep. Practicing your language is one of the best ways to maintain your language. Now, this can take on two forms. Passive, which consists of reading and listening, and active, which consists of speaking and writing. Whichever area of the language you choose to train is completely up to you. The most important thing is that you do something with the language. As we say, if you don't use it, you lose it. Some things are really that simple, you know? 
You can practice on your own by recording yourself in your language of choice. I'm currently doing a 30 day challenge in Japanese. This helps you to become more comfortable with your language and allows you to improve and maintain your abilities. Also, try writing a small paragraph each day. This is what I do in French, although I must admit that I've been somewhat lazy in pursuing that endeavor, but hey, I'm only human too, and there are only so many hours in the day. Expression of the day. While we are on the subject of languages, let's go over some language related expressions. Cat got your tongue, and watch your language. The first expression refers to someone not replying to you. So let us say that I ask you a question that is maybe unpleasant for you. Because of that, you do not reply back. I could then say, hey, cat got your tongue. This lets you know that I am confused as to why you are not answering my question. The last expression is said when someone is using inappropriate language. What does this mean? Well, if you said something insulting, disrespectful, rude, etc., I could say to you, hey, watch your language. You can use this expression when you feel like someone is being rude to you while they're talking. That's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I mentioned that I am currently doing a challenge for Japanese. I will link the video in the description of this episode if you are interested in checking it out. I hope that this might inspire you to do one for English or your language of choice. If you liked this episode, disliked it, or have any comments regarding this episode, then please let me know by commenting on my blog or sending me an email at ChristopherMichaelChandler at gmail.com. Alright, take care and enjoy the rest of your day.